Hey everyone, this is episode 14 of Noodle Time. Welcome. Here with me is Mateo Bahamich's bench partner, Tony Rubio. Tony, say hello. Hey, how's it going, everybody? I've got as, about as many minutes as uh, as Alejandro Fuenmayor this year, so I'm feeling good. <laughs> no shade. <laughs> a lot of shade there, but uh, hope everybody's doing well. We got a, we got a late night edition here. Me and uh, Andres film in this one past uh, 10 p.m. here, past our bedtimes. So sorry if we sound a little bit out of it. Definitely yeah. not not enough beer, <laughs> not enough beer in the world to for this late night show. But we got a lot to cover before the dynamo go into a bit of a a rest period and before the dash heat up. Yeah, we're in a pretty interesting period because uh, the dynamo are going to be playing their game against Seattle in less than 12 hours from now, 24 hours. And that was going to be a, um, a good time, as always, as we play very well in Cascadia games. So uh, look out for that. Uh, yeah, so today we're going to talk about uh, Dynamo and Dash News from last week, also their games. Um, Dynamo, um, lots to talk about, obviously, but the Dash getting getting everything done against uh, the rain. And just before we, we go ahead and stop the show, obviously, Kofi.com uh, slash Dynamic Foxtrot, catch all the episodes there. Uh, support us if you want and read my blog post uh, as well we put up some good content and and yeah like this past week like we did get the since it's been like the one month mark we did get a uh, three supporters this week so shout out to will call for um will as we like to call him um in real life obviously um for his four consecutive months with us like he's been supporting us for like pretty much since the start and pretty much since I I put up the coffee the coffee page. So so yeah, shout out to Will for being a absolute bro, a Dino bro, as I would like to say. And and yeah, we also got um a, a web finally don donating us last last month. And and yeah, like you we all know Webb, he's like the king of the Dynamo, king of the Dash. Like we VVA Stadium is his home, so we all know that as well. And also uh Kenny Kabner for for supporting us thank you so much uh he's been following the fox as well for for a while now and like he does his first time uh, supporting us so yeah we we thank you all for being such amazing supporters and hopefully we, we can um keep up the support o- over the course of time so yeah uh so with that out of the way let's go ahead and talk about the news from last week first uh, the first being the official introduction uh, for uh, the new Dynamo and Dash CEO, uh, Jamie Roots. Um, he did have like a press conference last uh, last Wednesday. Pretty much he, he focused on everything that's going to go down with the club over the course of time. And and just to like summarize everything well, um, he did uh, pretty much say that there's going to be improvements over the course of time. And he's going to be reviewing everything um, it's gonna obviously it's gonna take time for him to um, get all the information from like all the aspects of the club and then from there make a decision. But the main parts I want to talk about is that uh, he did announce in during the press conference that there's gonna be a um, on, in the supporter section of the stadium uh, there's gonna be a safe standing for all the supporters, which is ha- which is, has been a thing for um, the Dynamo supporters like in that section uh, for them to. To progress on, and I, I remember it being like an issue when and Chris Kennedy was 
in charge and he did like there were like plans even to get safe standing in the stadium sometime by like 2017 2018 but yeah there was even yeah. uh, there was even like a picture that was always floating around of somebody in a meeting with a uh, like a chris canetti standing in front of a powerpoint like uh, showing how they were going to have safe standing in the next couple of years and for one reason or another it just didn't happen but you know jamie roots comes in and guarantees that there will be limbs 2022 absolute scenes for el batallon and uh our friends at the surge the texan army anybody who's still alive from that that fan group but it's uh it's becoming the norm in mls so i think uh the it just got to the point where we just couldn't we couldn't be like one of the last teams not to have that implemented especially for safety reasons i'm sure that's something that's pushed forward now we'll have to wait and see whether it's actually a big overhaul or whether it's just uh, kind of a a bandage over a bigger problem because uh no offense like in, in this season i don't know if you saw fc dallas got some safe standing as well and it just kind of almost looks like they just threw it together a little bit last minute and not so coherent so whatever happens i hope it's done well oh yeah i remember um i don't know if you guys know but like uh they did get essentially they redid their uh safe standing uh twice so like the first time uh, being that they were pretty much like guaranteed to get like safe standing but their safe standing were pretty much like like um bars that you like put your bike on for like security you know and like they also look like like concert fences, you know, like those those like temporary fences they put like for concerts and big events. Like it, it was just pretty strange, but eventually they did fix it, so it's just part of the meme of FC Dallas, so as all of you know. And and but yeah, like this has been um like I said, it's been like an issue that has been going all the way back since Kennedy was was in charge, and and I've also been like with all the. Uh, meetings with uh, members of the the search supports group it's been like i think i i pretty much brought it to like almost every meeting and as the supporters also agree with and and yeah just happy that it's happening finally um and also um that he essentially promised that it's going to be there by next year which is pretty uh promising uh which is um which has been like a recurring thing for for the new uh dynamo for not like the new face of the dynamo for an office since uh seagull came in so yeah, I'm yeah, looking so forward. It's, <laughs> it's a new thing for have uh, to have people actually follow through on their on their, their word. It's something new for for Dynamo fans uh, that have been hurt before. So we're happy with the bare minimum for now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I don't know. So, it, it, it's above the bare minimum. It's getting things done. But uh, other, than, I think another thing I don't know if you saw in the press conference with Roots is they asked him I think uh, about Tab's contract, right? Uh, yeah, Taps and uh, Matt Jordans, since they both essentially expire after this season. I mean, not, nothing too surprising there, but it is uh, it's pretty interesting that uh, Taps still has not been offered a contract extension. Um, so they're going to, I, just paraphrasing here, I believe they said they're pretty much just going to uh, see how the season keeps going and revisit it at a later date. So that's, um, that's not comforting for tab i would say and i think matt jordan knows where he stands so i think the dynamo fans can expect a, a pretty holistic review upon that i know a lot of people aren't happy with matt jordan and i know some people aren't really happy with tab obviously <laughs> for a straight time uh, it's getting kind of depressing but you know it's a long season uh, you know, and it's still in tab we 
in the long game it's it's going to be good but uh we'll see it's, it's an interesting one to keep an eye on for you guys uh and kind of get dicey tab that might be why tab is reluctant to play younger players if he's playing for a, next, a contract extension yeah it's a it's a good point um i would say it's at this point in time um yeah one of the things that that was brought up is that everything is going to be under review um almost every aspect of the club and i would say uh, with other uh, contracts for both tab and Jordan coming up, uh, there's gonna be uh, some big decisions uh, behind them. Obviously, if we get like um, new openings, uh, that's essentially gonna has it has to align with the current vision, like with the academy, what they're trying to do uh, with the pipeline and everything like that, as well as the the vision, like the new vision with with Seagullin and obviously now with Jamie Roots. So yeah, it's just gonna be there's gonna be um, a big decision coming up. I will definitely keep an eye on that, and and yeah, like the the last uh, thing that I, that that I like to highlight the most from this press conference is that they pretty much are also prioritizing the facilities a lot. This being PVA Stadium and Houston Sports Park. Now that Dynamo uh, fully own uh, HSB or Houston Sports Park, and they're always looking to see if they can improve PVA Stadium. Uh, they did mention uh, Jimmy Roots. He did mention that there's they're gonna be looking into having some uh, getting some feedback over the course of time and putting that putting like some kind of master plan together along with an architect to see if there could be like other major improvements to BBA Stadium done um, in the future. Uh, obviously, that's that's pretty. Um, it has to be expected now that with the stadium. Um, uh, getting kind of they get, getting kind of dated. Obviously, it's still fairly young at at the tender um, age of eleven. So, uh, obviously, it's, uh, it's always good to get um, to think about upgrades in the future. But at the same time, I don't know if you noticed, but like the seats are kind of the the coloring of the orange seats uh, is kind of fading away. So they should be thinking about like doing some kind of replacements or no, maybe yeah, yeah for sure they got to keep it maintained because. It seems like every other day there's a new MLS stadium being released, being announced, and uh, the Dynamo can't fall behind in any category there. So that's the least that should be done with the stadium. Uh, Houston Sports Park, we know there's a crap ton of space out there, a lot of development. We know Aviva Stadium, you know, from the rough, uh, I mean, from not from the from the SaberCats is out there. Uh, unconfirmed. We need to talk to somebody about this, but I remember reading that. Somebody was saying uh, the the Dynamo are actually like managing, uh, like the Dynamo uh, staff is managing the pitch over there at Aviva Stadium or something. Um, could be some kind of collaboration between the teams, but that does uh, make me interested in whether uh, if Houston, you know, gets a U23 team down the road in the next year or two, if uh, Aviva Stadium could be a possible venue for them to be uh, playing their games out of. But Houston Sports Park has a lot of room to grow. I know they're just uh, introducing a, a a brand new second professional field for the for the first team, so they don't wear out their their one top field so much. And you know, ho- hopefully, they keep improving and uh, bring the dash up to speed with the level of the Dynamos out in terms of locker rooms. And uh, you know, you can never keep progressing enough comparing to the other teams in MLS, like Montreal, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Inter Miami, all these t- places that have these insane training centers. Uh, would love would love to see the Dynamo up there as well. Oh yeah, so 
Yeah, we're definitely gonna keep keep um, an eye on that one for sure. Obviously, there's nothing set in, in stone other than that uh, the the safe standing sections for the supporters coming up, which is essentially the only promise that we have right now. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this unfolds and if there's gonna be any major changes to PVA Stadium other than that the safe standing. So we'll see. And moving on from that. There's been a couple signings for for both the Dynamo and the Dash. Uh, the Dash um, re-signing Michelle Alosi to the first team. Uh, this time uh, also as a national team replacement player. Uh, so essentially, she's gonna be coming back to the Dash uh, as a replacement player uh, during the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Now that uh, the Dash are gonna be missing some significant players, and. And yeah, she's already had experience with the Dash. Uh, she did play the preseason with them um, early this year. And it's kind of a no-brainer to bring her in as a, as a national team replacement player. And and yeah, you saw for the very best for her and to like take advantage of this um, specific situation. Yeah, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll cover it in a second, but a great win for the Dash, missing a lot of key players against uh, O.L. Reign this past weekend 2-0. And um, I have a feeling uh, the confidence is coming back, the groove's kind of coming back in, and I think the Dash are going to keep building off of this. Some tough matches coming up. Uh, I think the Michelle Alozi signing is a great one. Uh, she showed really well for Nigeria in those games uh, that they played against Portugal and against the, the States. So I believe she she bagged the goal against Portugal in one of those as well. So I'm excited for, for her to to get some more minutes of the team and see what she can do. Oh, yeah. So, with that, uh, the, out of nowhere, pretty much, the Dynamo did uh, announce the signing of a defender, also listed as a midfielder, which is uh, welcoming also, news. Also uh, listed <laughs> as a forward. <laughs> yeah, he can, he, can pretty, he can pretty much play uh, on the wing, on the right, either at either position. And, yeah, they did sign... Uh, Griffin Dorsey to a three-year contract uh, with, um, I like to say not not three-year, but also um, yeah, it's just this year and the uh, additional options, options for the next couple of years and and yeah, it, it was a it was pretty surprising honestly. Um, they did although they did like Toronto did like waive him fairly recently, and honestly I wasn't expecting them to like make other re- reinforcements other than like a forward or like uh, essentially like a DP caliber kind of player, like yeah. either up the, up or the front, but you know, uh, it's welcoming you, news. <laughs> you know, you know who Toronto cut. I mean, you know why Toronto cut him to bring in your, your countryman. Soteldo, the DFC. That's why they cut Dorsey. They cut him. And then the next day they signed Soteldo. So yeah, I remember the TFC's, yeah. <laughs> uh, TFC losses are gained. Uh, Griffin Dorsey, I think he was only 23 years old. Generation Adidas player drafted in the first round of uh, the draft uh, two or three years ago. Didn't really feature for TFC's first team that much this season. He featured for them in a CONCACAF Champions League game or two off the bench. And he featured quite a bit for TFC, too, in, in the USL uh, a couple of times. So, uh, like Andres said, Dorsey projected as a, as a, as a winger, uh, as a forward in his uh, college career at Indiana, where he was for two years. And um, got drafted into MLS, kind of moved around. And it seems, uh, lastly, with Toronto, he was really being deployed more as a fullback. So that's um, 
Uh, I think it's a great move to bring in a, a guy that you know that Tab knows from from his work ethic, from his time with the U20 youth national team, um, and more guys like this generation, Adidas contracts, uh, domestic contracts, just in terms to save those international spots, maybe for a little bit more more spicy signings instead of somebody that's not really making a um, what you might call it an impact off the bench, you know. So that'll be interesting to see if. Um, if Jose Buzama is still in, in Tab's plans because we've barely seen him play this season, what do you think about that? Yeah, I feel like Buzama's on his way out. Um, also, kind of the same boat as, as Afuera Mayor, um, a player that I've I've kind of have mixed feelings about. Obviously, I'm not not getting enough time to play for a very mm-hmm. long time now, and and yeah, um, it, it is what it is, obviously, and and yeah, we'll see what Griffin Dorsey brings to the table. It might be very soon though. This is it's um I feel like it's a position that um they need depth on and obviously like they do have like the players right now, but at the same time they're not getting any minutes and and like they need um I just bring in like a, a player with experience with tab, I believe. I think there's gonna be like um it's the player's more likely to to see more minutes. Since yeah, I guess you know it's pretty much knows him well. It's a lot more comforting that the Dynamo are starting to get at least too deep in every position in the back line. So you know, obviously you had David coming in, Parker. We got you know, Minor is out for the Gold Cup, but you know, we got Junko that can fill in for Mayor that's still there. Barlow hopefully coming back from injury soon. So you know, Junk was a was one that we can talk about in a bit, but well, he he definitely looked. Uh, the part against Cincinnati this weekend, so that's one to, to look forward to. Oh yeah, and yeah, I that's a good transition though because I was gonna talk about Junqua, um, and in the review of the FC Cincinnati game, and and yeah, with that said, let's go ahead and review the the Dynamo games against FC Cincinnati this past weekend. Um, it was the first uh, game at a hundred percent capacity since the pandemic started. And I was expecting big things, and I was disappointed with the one-on-one result. Honestly, Houston, yeah, especially, <laughs> especially, yeah, especially how they score a goal at the third minute, and the Dynamo concede a minute later. And I was like, "Oh, can we have? Oh, can we have like some kind of fun watching Dynamo games, please? Like, can we? Can we please?" Hold the lead for a few minutes. <laughs> I mean, honestly, after that happened, I thought it was definitely going to be a, a 4-3, 4-4 type of game. And then yeah. things things were just really shut shut down. I mean, former Dynamo Jeff Cameron, former Dynamo player Jeff Cameron had a, a really great game in the back for Cincinnati, uh, shutting down Rudy and any possible attacks from the midfield. So uh, it was it was a tough game. Alvaro Barriel from Cincinnati got the goal on their ends. Not really an easy goal to pin on anybody specifically. Like we said, kind of caught off guard right after our goal. Uh, they take a break, and, you know, Marco Maris stood on his head all game again, but, you know, he couldn't get this one. And Alvaro, Alvaro Barriel was a real pain in the butt all game long, getting booed by Houston fans as well. So uh, he definitely will probably be happy with that result. But, man, four straight ties in the row for the Dynamo. It's... Stuff, yeah, fit, what 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 positive five is it? Without a win, yeah, um, yeah. You see us. Obviously, I've seen like 
uh, the Dynamo jumping off the table like after a good lead. Obviously, it's gonna it was um, going to happen either way without like the the strength of schedule and as well as us only getting draws for the past uh, four games and and yeah, like it's been probably disappointing. Um, not only because this this was a game that they had to win uh, against a pretty um, unconvincing team, but also like just like the second half overall and and like good chunks of the first half, like pretty much like it was kind of stagnant. Like they did get their chances in, but like it's been kind of like more of the same, like the same issues being like not finishing opportunities and and yeah, like just like frustrating play overall. Like um, fans were that were rightfully frustrated, um, uh, only because, like I said, they had to win this game after dropping so many so many points, especially at home now, and and yeah, it's gonna take. Now they they can pretty much afford to like drop more games at home, all, assuming that they're gonna do worse on the road this year. But yeah, like it's been frustrating. Um, but Junqua, like one of the few highlights of this game, as well as Pasher, like. Like Junqua, like he's been developing very well. Like obviously this game, um, the goal was also like the goal conceded was partially his fault, but like also the assist provided to Pasher. Like it's um, it makes me like pretty confident that obviously from like the goal conceded is gonna learn from that this mistake and and just like I like lately seeing him as a fullback like like I. I pretty much trust him at that position at this point, like better better than being a center back. And yeah, and yeah, like he proved it this game in my opinion. It's he's just that he uh, he got the unlucky part of being like involved in the goals, the conceded goal that led to the tie. Yeah, but I wouldn't put that much blame on him. It was like I said, kind of a weird uh, a weird ball. Nobody expected Brenner to kind of dummy it, and Barrio's speed was too much, but. Yeah, oh, Junk was one-on-one uh, capabilities. His game just really impressed me the most. His uh, his tendency to just cross the ball in accurately, which, no offense, is something that I feel like we haven't gotten enough from Lundqvist in the past, that kind of thread off the cross. Uh, not afraid to put in an early cross, and that's where you know where we saw where we saw the pass for capitalizing, put in an absolute dime of a goal on the back post. So um, it's just interesting how Tab started to give Junk more and more minutes. He's definitely one of his guys, if that makes sense. You know, one of one of coaches' guys, and um, it'll be interesting to see if Junko keeps winning more minutes over Lungfish this season and how that that edges out. But regardless, fourth tie in a row, and now we're going into a, a tough stretch, uh, losing uh, you know all these guys for Gold Cup: Figueroa, Boniek, Saren, Pasher. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That's everybody, but it's going to be tough to to get results without those guys. Oh yeah, and yeah, and the the game against Seattle tomorrow on the road, and at this at these conditions against the only the only team in the league that has not lost a single game yet this season, um, not looking good. Oh, we'll go ahead and talk about that in the in the preview later on. But but yeah, it's not looking good, especially with a stretch coming up, mostly being road games, uh, with the only uh, home game with the next five being against Salt Lake City on on the 31st this month and that's going to be fun um so it's going to be rough as as good Dynamo fans that we are so so yeah 
With that, let's go ahead and, and go review the Dash game. The Dash playing to a 2 to nothing victory at home over uh, All Rain. Uh, being a team that ha that's been a headache for the Dash historically, uh, uh, but like over the last couple seasons, they're not, be they're not been much of a threat to them. And and yeah, the, I came into this game and like just watching it, they essentially dominated uh, the rain um, almost certainly. Uh, I saw the performance like Sophie Schmidt, even though she didn't get the goal, she was pretty much everyone in this game. And essentially, and that. I would like to just commend that assist by Shea Groom to get the first goal to uh, Jasmine Spencer. That was a great assist, honestly. That was that was amazing. And and yeah, like I, I was happy that they're having fun again. Um, There's a, a result, a big result they needed because they're now um, on a on a good spot to like uh, to secure that that top top four spot that they need to get to the playoffs and over the course of time and. And yeah, I'm just happy that they they took care of business essentially. Yeah, I mean, they honestly could have had more goals in that uh, frustrating first half, not to put in True. any more earlier. But it was definitely a relief to see that second goal and and see the game come under control. Something the Dynamo could learn <laughs> learn a little bit about with Leeds, but <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a, uh, a great a great start for the Dash after losing Maria Sanchez, after losing so many players to the Olympics, um, things are looking up in terms of confidence. So that's one one foot forward before this weekend's game against the, the Red Stars away, I believe, which, um, you know, yep. haven't been the hottest hottest team in NWSL at all. Uh, and we're just hoping the Dash can, uh, you know, keep, keep momentum going and look for three points on the road. Oh, yeah. Both... Both teams playing on the road this weekend, which is a good transition to the uh, previews for each. Uh, obviously, talk, we talked earlier about, about the Seattle game. Um, the Dynamo playing them on the road. Um, they uh, Historically, the Dynamo have not been very good against Cascadia teams on the road, uh, especially since all of them are, are pretty hard to play. Um, obviously, the, the road, being the road teams, um, they're going to be... Like from the get go, they're gonna be pretty hard to face, but also um, the turf uh, being the meme, you know, you know how it is. But yeah, um, this game, uh, just looking at Seattle from surface level, uh, I've considered Seattle to be um, one, if not the most consistent teams in MLS. Like just like going over the years, like no matter how they how they change their players, they change their uh, front office members, how they how they do stuff on and off the field, like they're still uh, MLS playoff contenders and they can always win MLS Cup. And, and yeah, like um, this season specifically, like they haven't lost a game yet and they're still uh, top of the West, I believe, if not Kansas City, if Kansas City didn't take over this week. But uh, it is really irrelevant since the Sounders are, are undefeated and they're in a pretty good position too, like to to yeah, pretty much like take take care of the season and just probably wins the supporters shield even. I mean somebody has to be the Sounders to ruin this unbeaten streak. I'm not saying it's gonna be us, but look, everybody's already against us. Nobody believes in us. Let's take the classic underdog route and just smash them where it hurts, man. They got players missing, we got players missing. 
this is this is it, baby. That's, I'm not saying we're going to win, but all I'm saying is we're not going to tie. That's my prediction for this game. That that's a good one. Uh, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna get into specifics, so I don't jinx it. But but yeah, that'll be that'll be something. I like to say. I'm. I'm just it's gonna say home. that. I, it's I'm, coming home. I'm just gonna say that I'm setting my expectations fairly, and if it happens, uh, it happens. Um, whatever happens, I'm obviously I'm rooting for Dynamo always to get the three points, but. In this specific situation, it's gonna be a really tough game. To uh, like, I just mentioned the Sounders just being this dominant team that, regardless of who you who you are, they're gonna take care of you, and it's gonna be a tough game for for Tab and Dynamo. Honestly, I mean, it's. I'm just curious to see how Tab comes out because we've seen them try, you know, five in the back against Colorado, and we've seen other teams. Go five in the back against uh, Seattle, trying to pull the results out. I know Dallas is one of those teams that I've seen uh, convert from their normal shape a little bit. And uh, I just really don't think that's something that Dynamo need to be doing. Uh, tomorrow, if if Tab is looking to bunker and hit the counter, I just don't think it's some, some place that Dynamo are going to create chances to even win the game. And uh, I don't think we're solid enough defensively to hold three in the back against the Sounders or five in the back, however you want to see it. So I, I hope we play our game. I hope we keep Derek Jones deep. Uh, one thing I've, I've loved to see this season, Andres, I don't know if you've noticed, is Derek Jones sitting in between the, the center backs, winning the ball. And, and dude, the way he carries the ball forward, nobody can stop him for a good chunk of time. And he can actually kind of dice through some players. And I, I keep seeing that every single game. And I'm just waiting for him to release somebody on the, on the perfect break. Catch a goal. Why not tomorrow against Seattle? Derek Jones uh, won't have uh, Christian rolled on in that in that midfield to have to worry about. You know, obviously Joe Paulo and some other some other big name players. But it, we need some big performances from some big guys. Uh, I don't want to mention uh, one certain homegrown midfielder's name that hasn't been uh, showing up on the score sheet much lately. But we need we need uh, some big games from some big guys. If anything, it will come from this result. Oh yeah, like it's a good point that you bring up Derek Jones because that's that's kind of how I feel how the animal like should apply the formation to this game. Like obviously, I still don't think they're good enough to put like five or three in the back, as we've seen like five in the back against Colorado, uh, the game that shall not be named. And and yeah, um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just like. Just seeing Derek Jones, like as you said, winning all the balls, uh, just being there. Um, I like I like to see that against Seattle, like not not as a defender, but like also sitting back with the defense um, as a defensive midfielder, obviously. But but yeah, like just just seeing that, I feel like that's like the only viable way to get a result from Seattle. Not necessarily a win, but like uh, a strong result. And and yeah, like it's. Obviously, it's just said and done when it comes to Seattle. So we just have to see what happens from here. Um, I we yeah. do have <laughs> we do have the weapons to to score goals, but like we have the holes to concede them, as we've seen before this season. Yeah. So it's gonna be an interesting game for sure. Another thing is his tap substitutes this season. Whether that's just waiting very long to bring anybody in and make a reasonable impact to even try to win the game. And then the second one is um. 
you know, seems like he's got some certain things against some certain players going. Uh, very possible that we are just dumb and Mateo Bahamich is not near the level to play in MLS right now. But the man is not getting any looks while we have all these players out. Uh, and these will be the games where we will really know if Tab has this guy in his doghouse because there's no reason with Pasher out, with Lassard out, that Bahamich should not be getting minutes. I saw Nico Lemoyne traveled with a Dynamo for this game. And as we saw before, he, he decided to give Lemoyne a start over Bahamich against Colorado. And, uh, you know, I, I, just, I don't color me shocked if that happens again uh, tomorrow against Seattle because I don't know what it is against Bahamich that he has, but the fans just want to see more and then make our opinion at least. Oh, yeah. Um, it's It's been pretty worrying, the situation with Bahamich. Um I would say like early in the season, I, I was in the thought. I was pretty much thinking that he still had to like adapt to MLS. But it's been it's been 13 games now. Uh, at this at this point, a tap should have like a pretty good profile on him. And uh, like pretty much every game that he was making an appearance, I get pretty worried about. And and just like you mentioned, how this game it's gonna be like a pretty good um, game, like. I would say like a pretty um, a game where he's more likely to make an appearance now that uh, Lasseter and Pasha are gonna be gone for the Gold Cup. Obviously, he's gonna um, he's either him or like Tab has to take like take advantage of the opportunity to like bring him on and bring like new energy to the game. And also, with your point being um, the the sub the choice of substitutions and like the timing, I I also feel like it's a pretty uh, valid. Uh, reason to be concerned since I feel like for for like for the most part whenever like tab is making substitutions they're coming in pretty late and and there's not barely enough time to make a difference and it's been a it's I feel like it's been like a, a recurring issue this season so I uh, will you see um I'm definitely hoping that Bahamich uh plays this game uh even though Lemoni travel and it's got it's like a pretty Worrisome. Although we could also see like Bahamich start and Lemoyne uh, being sub, but we just have to I wait and see. It. We're yeah. probably going to see Memo on the wing again. Uh, like, uh, hasn't been working recently, but we probably will. But, you know, we don't want to keep this episode going too long. But uh, Dash versus the Chicago Red Stars away this weekend. What, what do we have to expect from that, Andres? Oh, yeah. they uh, The Red Stars are not looking good. Um, this is. Um, a winnable game for a dash, but like for the past few episodes, whenever we mention a winnable game for the dash, it usually goes the other way around. So this is like, <laughs> this is still a game they have to get the three points. Um, and it's they're pretty feasible. Um, the um, like this is gonna be another game that dash are gonna be missing their starters, but we've noticed that uh, without the the main starters being out for like the Olympics, um. Just as evidence uh, by the the game against All Rain this past weekend, um, they can hold up very well. And just heading into this game against Chicago, uh, you can you can obviously assume that they they're gonna bring like a strong performance. And and yeah, like and a, and a struggling team against the Chicago Red Stars. Um, like I said, it's it's pretty feasible. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I mentioned that so many times, like. Uh, over the few last few episodes, uh, we just have to wait and see, honestly. Yeah, in that case, the game against Seattle tomorrow for the Dynamo is not winnable at all. Put that on record. <laughs> that's a, obviously that's different, but yeah. 
Uh, that's about it for the episode. I think Andres has some uh, Dynamo Lone Army updates. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, let's start with the bad news. Um, they... Oh, yeah, Marcelo Palomino, he did... He played... Um, not for Palomino, sorry, Eric McHugh, our, our homeboy. As he, he did not play against the Rowdies uh, this past... Um, this past weekend, and and rightfully so, uh, the Charleston Battery lost that game because Eric McHugh didn't didn't play. So, um, Charleston Battery, shame on you. And the good news uh, being that Marcelo Palomino did uh, play 90 minutes. Uh, this one was against the the Riverhounds, uh, but they lost that game um, one or nothing. So, um, so yeah, it's gonna be pretty. Um, yeah, so he did get a, a ton of minutes from this game and just coming off still from scoring goals for, for, for them, like lately is, it's still good that he's getting, uh, way more minutes in the, his last 10 games. So I'm just looking forward to his development still. I'm not much to report from this game, but yeah, I'm just happy that he's still getting minutes with them. Yeah, I know. Palomino is getting all the time in the world he needs to. So. Just hoping uh, McHugh keeps getting his chances with Charleston and we keep see, seeing the boys develop. But let's see what happens this week under this uh, before a big bye week coming for the Dynamo. Big points on the board for everyone. And we just wish uh, the best of vibes there. No yeah, predictions. Big big points, vibes. big break coming up, yeah. Uh, you- appreciate you all listening for this uh, late night episode. Sorry if we sound a, a little tired, but... Still wanted to get you guys a, a listen in, uh, specifically Webb Tilton on his bike rides that he always mentions to us. Yeah, we had to get this episode out before uh, Webb's bike ride so he can hear us. And yeah, guys, um, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. And yeah, you know how it is. Stay noodle. Stay noodle, y'all.